welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com, and I am an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. My columnist, my columnist, my colleague is Bruce Aldrich, a friend and automotive expert, and uh, he asks all the important questions, and I kind of fill in the gaps, so to speak. But today we have a very important guest, um, Mike Quincy, uh, who is um, an automotive test guy and uh, all knowledgeable guy from Consumer Reports. We all know Consumer Reports has been around forever and it tests and reviews a lot of products and uh, particularly in the automotive field. Once a year it publishes um, reliability and best and worst autos and all kinds of things in the automotive world and its latest reports are out. And so Mike, welcome to our program. We really look forward to hearing about all of your expertise. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, let's let's start from the basics. I, we all know about Consumer Reports, but could you just kind of reiterate to us how you guys go about testing vehicles? I know it's a very large um, uh, thing that you guys have in the auto testing world, but in general terms, how do you guys go about getting your uh, material and your data from the cars that you uh, review e each year? Uh, great question. Uh, we have a 327-acre uh, test facility out here in Connecticut, and all we do is uh, tires, child safety seats, and uh, the best thing in the world, cars. And we go out and we buy our all the cars that we test. We test about 50 cars a year, and we go out and buy them anonymously so they don't know that uh, we're from Consumer Reports until uh, the day that it comes to take delivery. And what that allows us to do is to keep our independence and to to be able to kind of publish just about you know anything that we feel that we need to publish about the car. Uh, we don't take advertising, so we're not put put out. You know, the, the pressure is not on us like a lot of traditional publishers. And um, we, yeah, as you just mentioned, we did just release our latest reliability data, and we collected uh, information. Uh, on more than 500,000 vehicles from Consumer Reports members. So we think we have one of the best and, and most extensive reliability data going. Well, take us back. How long has Consumer Reports been doing this survey? I mean, I, I remember reading it, I think, as a boy, and, and I'm in my 60s now. I don't know how, how long it's been going on, but everybody knows about it. And how long has it been, how the study's been going on, and, and how long have you been involved? Oh wow, that's. Uh, I would say I don't know. I have an exact date of when we started the survey. I got to think it was probably done sometime in the either late '70s or early '80s, and uh, uh, but it predates me. I started in the home office of Consumer Reports in 1993 and managed to make my way to the test track in 2001. So uh, so I've been at it a long time, but the uh, the reliability survey has been out well, longer than me. Right, Bruce. Yeah, I was interested in the car brand, the, the reliability rankings uh, by manufacturer that you have on the website, and, and that's free. Now, you have to be a member to get the actual data, is that correct? Uh, that, that's correct. I mean, we do, we do put out a lot of stuff that'll kind of give people a taste of, of what, they can, what they can get when they become subscribers. But, but yeah, we do, we do have a, a very extensive list. Uh, by manufacturer of which which car companies make the most reliable models. And there was really no surprise to me, uh, and maybe to a lot of people, cars like, or brands like Lexus, Toyota, Mazda, Subaru, Infiniti at the top of the list. And then, unfortunately, a lot of the uh, manufacturers from America are toward the bottom of the list, like Tesla, well, yeah, GMC, Chrysler, Chevy. 
How, why it, is it was that? A, it was a it was a tough year for for the domestic brands this year. Uh, 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 brands like you know, Buick, Chrysler, Tesla, and Chevrolet are among the brands that that tumbled in our our our, our latest uh, predicted new car reliability rankings. And every every year we we redo this data so we can get a fresh look on on how to predict uh, the, the new crop of of, uh, of new cars. And you know it, it's 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 kind of tough because. You think about how long uh, these companies, except for Tesla, how long you know Buick and Chrysler and and Chevrolet have, have been in the business, and it almost makes you wonder what you know why haven't they been able to unlock the reliability keys like Lexus, Toyota, Mazda, and Subaru have? Exactly, I, I see. Like uh, let's say Mazda, which is toward the top of the list, and for uh, brand reliability, and Mazda went up nine places. What? Did, any idea why a manufacturer could go up in one year that many places? I, I think what the, the, the Achilles heel that Mazda had last year was the CX-9 SUV. And uh, they, I think they looked at, at the problems that they were having and managed to, to work a bunch of the bugs out. And uh, it, it's kind of, it's kind of um, emblematic of, of the advice that we give uh, a, lot of, you know, a lot of people is that you try to avoid buying a car in its first year of production. So, so the, you know, the, when, when the CX-9 was, was put out, Mazda hadn't quite worked out all the bugs yet. But, but now after they've been at it for a bit, um, they, they've improved upon it. I see that uh, just staying with Mazda, out of the six cars that you tested and I guess monitor for reliability, uh, the, the MX-5, known as the Miata, um, was number one, which is kind of unusual to have a sports car, number one. Yeah, but it's but it's a pretty simple um, design. It, you know, they don't the, the the Miata still uses you know a basic four cylinder engine. You can get a manual transmission, uh, so there's no you know eight, nine, ten speed automatics that are offered. There's no turbocharging that's offered. Uh, there's not like an electric electronic suspension system. There's no all wheel drive. Uh, I think when you break down the simplicity of the Miata, uh, is is a good you know is a good indication of how Mazda can get something like that right. I mean, I remember driving the first generation Miata back in, in 1990 when I was with Automobile Magazine in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And um, not, not that the Miata hasn't changed, but it hasn't gotten ultra, ultra complicated either. That's true. The, the infotainment center uh, suite is probably less than, you know, a, a typical sedan, probably. And that, there's a lot of trouble right there in the infotainment systems, right? And nav screens and, and uh, yeah, not 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 just not just Mazda. I mean, just about all. Uh, Correct. Uh, and one of one of the number one trouble spots in our survey was electronics, uh, and and that's you know certainly heightened by by all the crazy screens that a lot of these cars have. I mean, a, a lot of people have this idea that they want an iPad on wheels, and uh, and that is just causing all kinds of, of issues for the car companies. Mainly because they're not computer companies, they're not software companies, uh, they're not Apple, and uh, and you're, you're obviously working with with outside um, uh, uh, suppliers to to get this kind of equipment in your car, and you've got an, you know another company with a bunch of different engineers trying to integrate their system into your car, and it's no, it's not, it's not an easy feat. And as our survey has shown, uh, in car electronics uh, continues to be the number one problem. I noticed that, Mike, for example, on the Honda Odyssey, it's one of the vehicles I've driven through the years. I've um, only been an auto reviewer for 14, 15 years, but I've driven the Odyssey you know, most years, 
And it's one of the cars that I would always say, even as a one or a two person family, um, don't have children, don't have pets, don't have a lot of people to tow around, but it would be one of the cars that I would consider purchasing because it's so versatile. And yet I'm thinking it's in the electronic field that you're talking about. It, it didn't score very well um, in your survey. And I'm, I'm assuming it's because of some of those electronic issues it's had in, in the yeah, infotainment exactly. world. Yeah, Consumer Reports members reported uh, problems with their odysseys mainly focusing on the infotainment system uh, door and unlocking uh, door unlocking and locking also was it was a problem for many odyssey owners and and you know a lot of times when I'm, when I'm giving interviews and talking about consumer reports reliability they say oh you know what's the big deal so the infotainment screen went down oh you know why is that a problem but the, well, the problem is a lot of these cars the the screens control not you know just the radio but it can be a pathway to the climate system, it can it, it can control the settings such as uh, your automatic emergency braking, your lane departure warning, or blind spot. Uh, it, it can control a lot more than, than just the, the the radio station you're listening to. I mean, obviously the the infotainment system doesn't have anything to do with the doors locking or unlocking the Odyssey, but I guess you get my point. Yes, of course. One of the things that I mentioned earlier that's really always been impressive is uh, that you guys purchase your vehicles and you're not beholden uh, to advertisers and that's always one of the things I've been curious about um, without mentioning any of the major automotive magazines they're all great they're all they do experts they do a spectacular job but all of them have advertising and that said when you guys either praise or criticize a, a vehicle what kind of reaction do you get from the public number one and, and more interesting would be what kind of reaction do you get from the manufacturers if you do uh, well, honestly, the, with, with the manufacturers, um, I would say 99% of the time, they know exactly what's wrong with their car. They know what their car does right, and they know where their car has weak spots. Uh, and, and over the last, I want to say, 15 years, we've, we've developed a good relationship with the manufacturers in, in that we, we invite them to the track. We invite them to come talk to us. We invite them to show us. Uh, new and up-and-coming models. Uh, we never test the models that they drop off at our track, but we sample them to get an idea of how they're going. But, but you know, once in a while, they'll say stuff like, you know, we looked at your test results, and you know, gee whiz, you know, your your braking distances seemed a lot longer than the ones that you know we we worked out, and and you know, we kind of break it down to, okay, well, what what set of tires were on the vehicle when Consumer Reports bought their car? And did the braking distances, and it might be you know whatever X brand, and and the car company's like, oh gee, well that explains a lot because when we were putting the the vehicle through its its uh, its paces at our proving grounds, we had a different set of tires, and you know so so really they they know they know where their cars could be better, and and I I find it very entertaining to watch the car companies. Um, in these meetings, because quite often the engineers have an idea of how they want them to make the car, but the people that are controlling the finances say, no, 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 we can't do that. And so when we say, well, your car had a weakness in this area, this area, and this area, you watch the, the, the engineers kind of turn to the top executives and kind of, you know, gesture, I told you so. Right. So, so that's, that's, that's kind of interesting. And, you know, as far as the public goes, um, you know, we have, we, have, we have millions of people that subscribe to, to our magazine and our website. And and you you can't you you can't make everyone happy. I, I I don't mean that to sound like kind of a cop out answer, but 
when when we criticize a car and it's your neighbor's favorite car, for example, yes, you know they think that we don't know anything and we're we're stupid and what do they know and blah blah blah, and um and and quite often even when we we praise a car, uh, we'll find maybe one thing. I mean, years ago the the BMW 5 Series was redesigned. I think this was like 2001 or 2002. Yes, and it was a great car. We loved this car. The one criticism we had was that the cup holders weren't that good. You believe it or not, we got angry letters and emails saying that we didn't know anything about cup holders. Uh, so it's like you can't you can't praise a car enough, and and if you pick on a car that 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 is your your uncle's favorite brand, then you know all of a sudden you know we should be excommunicated from the country. <laughs> yes, I, I think that is that's a good note that you know some some people's priorities are not cup holders. So if that's what rates a car down overall, then then they could ignore it, and if it you know, r rates highly in other aspects like braking or things that are important. <laughs> yeah, things that are important, well, and sure. that's I mean, fine. That, that, but just read that, read the data. I guess that's the whole that's the whole point. It's like you know, ninety nine point nine percent of that car was fabulous, and we just gushed over it. But the owners take it personally when we find any flaw in the car, and and you just kind of have to kind of chuckle about that. It's like, well, you know, that's that's the way it is. Right. Sure. Another question about the manufacturers um, buying the cars anonymously, like you guys do. I guess that the risk is that you could get. A lemon. Uh, maybe the brakes, whatever reason, they're flawed. So the braking distance is 50% longer than it should be. I guess that's the type of thing the manufacturers point out and go, whoa, 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 let's look at this. Well, yeah, and that's and that's a great question, and it gives it gives you know me an opportunity to talk about how we prepare cars before we test them. Uh, when when we we buy the cars again, we we, we stay anonymous until the the morning that we take delivery. And I've bought, I think, 140 cars for the Consumer Reports Test Program since 2001. So the morning that I'm going to take delivery, I'll call the salesperson and say, you know, just want to let you know, uh, I work for Consumer Reports, and this is going to be a test car, and that's going to change the registration, and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And most of the time, the salesperson's like, oh, wow, that's cool. And we go, and we pick up the car, and we bring it back to our track. Once we get it to the track, we check it in. And that check-in process includes simple things like making sure the, the tire pressure is at the correct PSI. We check the torque of the lug nuts. We make sure everything is functioning exactly the way it was supposed to function as it left the factory. Sure. And then we put it on the road. We, we put about 2,000 miles on it uh, before we do any instrumented testing. We want to make sure that is that it, the engine is, is like properly working. The brakes are properly seated. The suspension has a chance to kind of, you know, um, uh, uh, loosen up a little, or just not yes. loosen up, but but you know, get be ready to be driven. And once everything is is up to specs, and we've have the 2,000 miles on it, then we start our testing process, and that includes braking, acceleration, fuel economy, ride, uh, handling, noise levels, uh, you name it. Uh, so again, we make sure the car is is running uh, properly before we start testing it. Mike, on the current list, since you've been at this for a while now, uh, on the a most reliable and least reliable list. Did anything jump out at you and surprises, or did it flow um, according to what you thought it might, how it might flow from previous recent years? The Weekly Driver podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today 
Well, I think that when you look at the latest reliability data from Consumer Reports, you, you, you can't just generalize and say, well, if it's, say, an Asian manufacturer, it's probably going to be great because the Honda Clarity and the Honda Odyssey are both on our least reliable list. Yes, they are. So, so I mean, I, mean I, I, I don't know if that's surprising to me, but I guess it's, a, it's just, a, it's just a, a, a heads up to everyone out there that you can't just assume that if it has, if it's from Honda, for example, uh, it's going to be it's going to be reliable. Um, I, I think what what continues to amaze me is that some models um, that that are you know fairly complex, and I'm talking about Toyota's hybrid system. So the Toyota Prius C, the um, Toyota Prius, and um, the Toyota Prius Prime are all on our most reliable list. And when you think about a hybrid system, you've got batteries, you've got electric motors, they've got to work in conjunction with the gas uh, uh, motor. And all these systems are, you know, are, are much more complex than a simple internal combustion engine. And Toyota has been doing this so well for uh, almost 20 years now. I, I guess what, what, I, what I'm really impressed by with the Toyota hybrid system is that uh, year in and year out, it continues to be among the most reliable of, of any technologies and, and, and makes and models in consumer report surveys. So uh, if you're a green car buyer and, and you, you want to just you want to buy a car and drive a car with less to burn less fuel, uh, look at a Toyota uh, hybrid because not only will it you, you you'll save gas, uh, you'll save money on gas, you'll have a model that's likely to be really, really reliable. It is reliable. Yeah, I was surprised to see that. I've had experiences driving the Prius C and the Prime um, long distances, but I think both to Los Angeles and back. And um, the one thing I remember about the, the Prius C it being a very small car is that the only time I ever felt like I was um, in the wrong car was going over the grapevine where it's a weather's changing and it's a small car and 18 wheelers are on both sides of you. And it was a little dicey that way. But thoroughly enjoyed the car in terms of the, the gas mileage was better than the estimates and it was comfortable and uh, I, I thought it was a great car as well and, and it and same with the, the Prius Prime I just spacious and all those nice things and uh, for a non-hybrid guy I just thought both of them were, were fantastic and uh, really nice cars but going back over into the Clarity also had a recent experience of driving the hydrogen uh, version of that car um, and thoroughly enjoyed that. But what did Consumer Reports find uh, on the on the hybrid that um, was less than satisfactory for you guys? Well, the, the the Honda the Clarity in particular had had reliability issues with their climate controls, their fuel and emission systems, and their body hardware. And um, you know that's 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 unfortunate because you know again it's it's another option for consumers looking for. A, a green car option. So um, you know, it, it, but Honda, Honda is really a, a pretty responsive car company. Uh, when the Honda Civic was redesigned a few years ago, uh, it, it, it didn't really do well in our testing. The handling and and braking and steering weren't up to par. It also had some reliability issues. And Honda went right back to work and and improved and fixes those fixed those things. And, and turn the car around. So so I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't rest on Honda. I wouldn't I wouldn't sit back and say, well, Honda's finally they're just going the way of Detroit and they're going to be a totally unreliable manufacturer. I, I I will I will bet, as they say, dollars to donuts that the uh, the Clarity and the Odyssey are going to see an uptick uh, eventually. 
That Clarity is really a quite an, an expensive car compared to its competitors, like the Prius, Prius Prime. Do you think the manufacturers just, at the end of the day, to try to get that price as low as they can, they're, you know, that's why the door handles fall off if they can save a nickel or something? Boy, I, I wish I wish I knew. <laughs> yeah. I really wish I knew the answer to that question because I'd probably make a million dollars a year as a as a consultant to these car companies. I don't I don't know how I don't know how they come. A, come uh, to their decisions on on what to spend money on and what to to not spend money on I, I I'm I'm certain that as the the engineers and product planners are designing cars they have an idea of what they want and then the accountants go over it and they're crunching the numbers and they're saying you know we, we just can't build it for that price point this has to be competitive within the segment and what you guys want or what you people your men and women want um, it, we, we can't we can't build it for that, and so they have to find a way to take out cost. and And I don't I, I don't I don't know what the magic number is. I, I I just know that 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 years ago Honda and and Toyota, and to a certain extent Nissan, you know, we're we're just kind of getting their feet wet in the United States. We're talking about early to mid 70s, and and even the least expensive car that they made seemed to hold together, and it seemed to you know, there were there were times when you couldn't get your car started in the morning, and their and their cars would always start. So they've always I been the quality I, quality king reliability. Well, yeah, I, I, just, I just think that that even when you make your least expensive product drop dead reliable, your odds of getting a customer for life go way up. I mean, you're, if you're you're just starting out and you're you're working life, you don't have a lot of money, you can't afford a really expensive car, so you buy something that's inexpensive. And if it turns out to be super duper reliable when you when you've you know gone up in your in your job and maybe you're making more money now you think well you know that that Toyota Corolla was was a really reliable car and I want I want to treat myself to something nicer so what else does Toyota have well you know they have they have the Lexus line so you can trade up to to a Lexus ES or a Lexus GS or something like that and and treat yourself so I, I think you you have to make sure that you you, you take care of of your customers. Even at the at the lowest level of your product line, if you want them to stay customers for a long, long time. Yes, Mike. Uh, what what happens to your cars after you're done with the testing and they're ready to go? What I, where do you sell them? And and also, if you if they need maintenance, something, who knows what goes wrong? Do you take it to the local dealer for repair or what? If if there's a if there's a warranty issue in one of our test cars, we'll bring it back to the dealer. But for basic stuff like oil changes, uh, uh, brake pads, tires, you know, simple wear items, we can usually take care of that here at the track. And the question of what we do with the, the test cars after we're done with it, that is my, that's the number one uh, most asked question that I have since working at Consumer Reports. And the, the answer is that we put them up for sale for the people that work uh, for Consumer Reports uh, between the home office, the track, and the, the satellite offices. We have about 500 people. And so usually there's a pool of, of, of buyers in there, or they, you know, their mother needs a car, their uncle needs a car, they're buying a car for their, their child or whatever. Uh, and then if we, we, we still can't find a buyer, um, we, we take the cars and, and put, put them to auction. Uh, sometimes one of the, you know, the bigger uh, automotive used car retailers, uh, CarMax, comes and buys a bunch of them. Uh, but, but the cars are, are, are well-treated. I mean, my wife... And my uh, 19-year-old son are both driving uh, X-Test cars. My mother bought an X-Test car, and uh, and so when it comes time to sell them, if if it needs if they need tires or brake pads, 
we'll replace those before we uh, we move them on to the new owners. I think what, that's great. What what yeah it is. What type of uh, just your own personal preference? Do you like SUVs, sports cars, sedans? You know, I, I honestly, I like them all. I, I love pickup trucks. I love, uh, you, you mentioned the Mazda Miata. I love Miatas. I love Corvettes. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little, I'm a little getting, getting a little saturated from SUVs these days. Everyone wants SUVs. Everyone wants to talk about SUVs. Uh, when I'm talking to friends and neighbors, coworkers, whatever, and they want buying advice, they're like, oh, well, think about an SUV. I mean, everyone feels they need an SUV, and, and you know, obviously need is relative, but there's a, there's a, a young couple in, in my town, and they just had their first child, and they insisted on going out and buying an enormous three-row Toyota Land Cruiser yeah, with one kid. And, and, and you know, it, I think people generally buy more vehicles than they need, and that's, you know, that's a good example. Um, but, I, I mean, I see the need that, you know, that there's – the market is calling for SUVs, so that's what manufacturers are making. I just, but sometimes, after I mean, I, I literally drive a different car every night, and, and when I've been in and out of SUVs for the past three or four nights, I'm just like dying to just drive a normal sedan. So, they, they I mean, to answer your questions, I like them all. They tend to mesh into all being the same SUV, although I know that they're not, but many of them have similar features, and, and uh, not to the degree that you do it, but I find the same thing if you review... 15 SUVs in a year. Um, sometimes I just can't differentiate them in my mind very, very well. Yeah, um, I was. Gonna... They're, they're obviously very practical. I mean, that you know, fold-down rear seat, hatchback design, and they're good with kids and and stuff like that. And and you know, when I was growing up, the, the family vehicle was the station wagon, and then it morphed into the minivan, and now we're into SUVs. And who knows what the next generation of family vehicle will be? That's right. You were talking uh, about the reliability and and going maybe a person train transitions from a Toyota Corolla to a, uh, a higher-end car as their budget allows. And I was going to go to the other end of the spectrum, which um, the car is on your uh, report, your surveys, and that is the Tesla. Um, on the one hand, um, the most, the safest car ever tested, if I remember correctly, um, from many uh, people who do testing. And yet, in the last year or so, reliability issues, um, the SEC, the SEC, the FCA, the Securities and Exchange Commission, I think, is going after Tesla now on on some uh, potential faulty numbers of how many cars they've made. Um, it's it's in my mind, it's it's um, the best and the worst at the same time. So, could you give us your opinion, uh, Mike, on where Tesla is and um, all the things that are going on with uh, the guy named Elon Musk? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree with your assessment, first of all. I mean, in, in Consumer Reports uh, reliability data, uh, Tesla as a company fell six spots from last year and ranks, you know, third worst. I mean, 27th out of 29. Uh, the Model S, which, which did very well in Consumer Reports testing, uh, has, has dropped to below average this year. Um, and it's no longer recommended by Consumer Reports. Um, the Model X SUV has stayed much worse than uh, much worse than average for reliability. These ongoing problems with these Falcon wing doors and the center display screen we talked about before. Um, uh, so I guess the good news is, is the newer, smaller, and as they say, cheaper Model Three uh, came in an average predictive reliability. Now um, I, I'm I, I'm not a, a Tesla. Um, uh, a devotee in terms of you know people like are on their knees 
you know, worshiping Elon Musk. And you, you get you got to give him credit for shaking up the car industry. You got to give him credit for taking electric vehicles and making them probably better than anyone thought they were going to be. The, the 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 cruising ranges that we've measured in a lot of these cars is is a, among the best of any EVs out there. Um, but but the car company it's, as itself as a financial entity just doesn't seem to, to be making a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, I'm not a, a financial analyst, but uh, many reports that I've read suggest that they're you know, losing money almost on every single car that they're making. And, and it, so it, when it comes down to Wall Street, uh, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't add up. I mean, the, the car companies have to make, have to make a profit. And uh, I, I'm, again, I'm kind of wowed by Tesla's technology, but I'm not sure that you know they're they're building a sustainable, financially solvent um, you know idea here. That's the best answer I've ever heard, Mike. Thanks yeah. for that. Uh, yeah. one, one other opinion question. I, I guess you guys don't uh, have reliability rankings for Fiat and uh, Alfa Romeo. Do you guys have any experience with those cars? Have you tested any of them? And do you have an opinion on where they would rank in overall reliability? Well, the the data that we have for Fiat and Alfa Romeo is 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 pretty slight, and and to be to be on our reliability list, the manufacturers have to have uh, at least at least three models, and and with Fiat they just don't don't have enough, and, and Alfa Romeo is, is also, uh, you know, they they don't sell in in big numbers. Um, uh, I, I I enjoy driving the cars. I, I we we tested an Alfa Romeo Giulia and a Stelvio. And they, they have Italian flair, they have character, they have neat sounding engines, um, but they also have a lot of issues. And um, our, our Consumer Reports test cars have no bearing whatsoever on a model's overall reliability. So just make sure that's, that's okay. absolutely clear. That being said, our Stelvio and our Giulia went to the dealer a lot. Um, the Fiat 500s that we tested went to the dealer a lot. Um, I don't. I mean, Fiat is, has been selling cars for a long, long, long time, and I guess I don't. I don't understand it. I mean, Fiat and Alpha were were so bad that they finally pulled out of, of the U.S. market. That's right. Yeah. One of the most profit. One of the most profitable car car markets in the world is the United States. And you know what? What did the executives say? Oh, you know, we don't care about reliability. Who cares about reliability? Who cares about the United States? And then they said, well, maybe we should rethink this and come back to the U.S. and sell cars again. Um, I, I love their cars because they they have soul. But uh, unless you can, you know, spend some time and money looking at cars that are traditionally reliable and find a way to make them more reliable then I don't see a future for them. And, I, I, again, I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, it costs a lot of money to build this infrastructure, this dealer network, to build parts suppliers, and, and, and to not, you know, find a way to make your electronics work or to have fewer squeaks and rattles or to have simple things like, you know, your seat heaters turning off in the summertime and they, when they refuse to turn off. And, and things like that is... I, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't work at a car company. I don't know the complexities of all this. But but I got to think that at this time, that that if you want to sell cars in the United States, there are just way too many good ones out there for consumers to put up with lousy ones. Well, that was kind of my opinion. But uh, thanks for filling us in, even though it, I guess it's not official. But we get it, <laughs> Mike. That's the. the <laughs> 
your opinions are really appreciated and uh, obviously with your expertise that uh, I'm sure the consumers will will pick up on that and, and thanks for uh, being our guest today you're just a complete fountain of knowledge uh, you, your title doesn't um, isn't isn't good enough you should have lots of other titles after your name but we want to thank uh, Mike Quincy from Consumer Reports as our guest today going over the reliability surveys for this year, the best and least and the most reliable, and um, really appreciate your sharing your opinions, and we invite our listeners uh, to visit, well, to purchase the magazine and to visit your website. I don't know how, how the, the viewership and readership is, but I know it's it's a very large publication, and, and for my two cents worth, um, when people sometimes ask me about recommendations, I, I point them t toward you guys, so um, thank you for being our guest uh, this morning on the Weekly Driver Podcast. We want to again, again thank Mike Quincy uh, from Consumer Reports. Thank you, Mike, very much. Thank you. Thank, thanks so much. I had a ball. Uh, I'll talk to you guys about cars anytime. We're real passionate about this, and uh, we love to share you know, all, all of our passion and everything that we know. And Again, thanks so much for having me on. You're welcome, Mike. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Bye-bye now. Bye. The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com. Your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer. Bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. AmericanTrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality.